From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2023 Top 100 Private Carriers list, which we just published on August 28th. To produce this most recent list, we compiled data on the largest private fleet operators in North America to create an updated Top 100 ranking based on tractor count. The publication also includes updated information on each company's revenue, trailers, and straight trucks, as well as business units and company descriptions. In addition to the main Top 100 list, we also publish separate rankings of the largest private carriers operating in specific industries, such as food service, beverage, retail, and the energy sector. The new rankings are available now online at ttnews.com, and if you haven't already done so, you can get exclusive access to the complete version of our Top 100 Private Carriers Report by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws forward slash ttsubscribe. And now, to discuss how we assembled this year's Top 100 list and our biggest takeaways from this project, I'm going to bring in two of my colleagues at TT, Features Editor and Road Science co-host Michael Fries and Features Coordinator Mike Senatori. Thank you both for joining the conversation. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So just to get started here, I'd like to take our listeners inside the making of the Top 100 and Sector Lists. Now, Mike, you, of course, led the data gathering aspect of this project, which is the lion's share of the work. Uh, so just walk us through that process, you know, how you gathered the data and then use that information and raw material to update the rankings. Sure. So the most prominent way that we collect this data that we use in the uh, lists and the rankings is through the FMCSA's online safety measurement system database. Uh, these private carriers, they register their equipment with the Department of Transportation and the documents listing their total equipment counts, those are publicly available online. And that's how we, uh, that, that's how we gather the, the figures to uh, create these lists. And for a large majority of the companies on the, on the top 100 and the sector rankings, those are where we got their equipment counts. But some companies do choose to respond to our annual fleet survey, or they correspond with us directly. And uh, that's great as well. Helps us get the most up-to-date information uh, possible. Uh, but that's where we get pretty much all of our data that we use in this uh, in this publication. Yeah, and uh, of course, it's not quite as straightforward as you uh, uh, you, you made it sound almost easy, uh, Mike. But I know there's a lot of hard work that goes into this. But uh, part of the, the challenge and complexity is that some of these really large companies, really large private carriers, operate uh, several different you know, DOT numbers, you know, sometimes through the course of uh, mergers and acquisitions, they acquire um, competitors and, you know, take on their private fleet operations as well. Uh, so you wind up with, you know, multiple DOT numbers, uh, and that can be a challenge to track them all down, you know, and they're sometimes updated separately. Uh, of course, you know, our, our ideal is to get updated figures directly from the company. That is always our, our first option, you know, when we get a response from a company, you know, either through our survey uh, or through direct correspondence one way or another, uh, that is always our first choice because that's always going to be the most updated. Um, I'm getting it straight from the company, but uh, of course we do rely heavily on uh, some of the publicly available data on uh, you know, equipment uh, that's, that's out there. Uh, but we compile all those, uh, all the information from these different sources and, and that's how we arrive at these rankings. 
And uh, of course, uh, speaking of the rankings, I think we can just go ahead and, and dive right into it. And I'll start right at the top. Um, not a big surprise to those who've uh, seen this list and, and reviewed it closely year over year. Uh, but uh, PepsiCo, of course, a giant in the world of uh, beverage and uh, snack food. Uh, Frito-Lay, of course, is a, a division of PepsiCo. Uh, is once again our, our number one company. You know, and the company uh, did expand its private fleet to nearly 12,600 tractors uh, at this point. So that is a massive private fleet operation. Uh, and that tractor count is up uh, more than 1,500 from a year ago. So it's uh, definitely a big increase there. And uh, similar growth, uh, number two, uh, with Walmart. You know, Walmart is now operating uh, more than 11,000 tractors and uh you know, more than 81,000 trailers. So it's, a, of course, a, just a, a massive trailer fleet. Uh, they rely uh, heavily on the, the four hire market as well. You know, they, of course, uh, much of their freight is moved by four hire carriers, but uh, a big chunk of their transportation needs they handle in-house with their own private fleet. And it is a very big private fleet. Uh, and just, and, and it's not, not a surprise, I think, you just, just seeing all the trucks on the road and, and just the, the massive size of, of the company. Uh, an interesting note about Walmart, you know, they've been uh, you know, bolstering their uh, labor force lately through a, a new program to train some of their in-store and warehouse employees to become professional truck drivers. So there's a CDL uh, training program, and some of those new drivers are uh, starting to hit the road now. Uh, but as an example of how uh, some private fleets are working to uh, strengthen their, uh, you know, their, their driver pool, uh, because you know, maybe it's not as bad as in the for hire trucking industry, but you know, finding, hiring, retaining drivers is such a core focus uh, for private fleets as well. Uh, and then just moving right down the list, uh, another fast growing company is Cisco Food and Beverage Distributor. Uh, they're number three on the list with more than nine thousand tractors. Uh, you know, a lot of big uh, food service distribution companies uh, listed on our top ten in particular. Uh, so these, you know, the, that sector, food service and grocery, really is uh, one of the you know, top areas or where we see some of the largest uh, private fleet operations. Uh, another one I'll highlight here is Amazon. Uh, always a, an interesting note to see how they uh, expand in the world of transportation and logistics, and they're now in the top ten of our our top one hundred private carriers. Uh, number nine this year. That's up from number nineteen a year ago. Uh, just under 4,000 tractors at this point. Uh, but I think it is important to keep this in context because, you know, even though they, they're now up to 3,900 tractors, that's still um, much smaller than their, their trailer fleet, you know, four, more than 40,000 trailers at this point. Uh, so really, uh, again, a company that uh, relies very heavily on for hire trucking companies to move their freight. But, you know, they have a pretty big tractor fleet now that they've assembled as well, in addition to their uh, straight trucks and all the uh, prime delivery vans you see, you know, that are typically uh, independent contractors uh, and smaller companies. Uh, but, you know, those are some of the highlights, you know, that I wanted to mention at the very top of the list. Uh, Michael, what companies or ranking changes stand out to you the most when you take a look at the updated top 100? Well, I, I kind of want to get to the jumps first. You know, the, it's 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 a combination of things, Seth. When you're you're looking at you know the the movers and the and the ones who went up and the ones who went down. You know, for instance, you have a, a, a great increase in some supermarkets. You know, you you have um, for instance Kroger. You know, it jumped from 
you know, it's a 39 from 52 and you have Publix, which is 41 uh, from 61, uh, uh, number 61 from last year. And I don't want to suspect, you know, pontificate about, you know, what is going on with the market when it comes to groceries. Maybe it's, it's something to do with consumer expenses, um, you know, how the consumer maybe has some room in, in their pocket, in their household pocket to 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 get more groceries, um, you know, and, and you know, that translates to better business for these particular supermarkets. But th- that was one thing that, that jumped out to me just when, when you, you have the jumps and kind of following that, that whole, you know, home home builder, you know, home buyer, you know, home um, expense, uh, you know, uh, subject kind of move that forward. You know, you have, uh, uh, you know, Boulder's, um, I'm sorry, Builder's First Source, you know, they, they uh, you know, it was a, um, you know, the position that they're in and, and the, in the current uh, market conditions, um, you know, that that's something to, um, you know, to, to take notice of. And then when you get to, you know, something like Ace Hardware, you know, where, where there are 63 from, from 81 of last year. And, uh, you know, Purdue Farms, you know, they were 82 from 96. So, I mean, those particular things, you know, when it comes to to the jump, you know, you could say that, you know, the trucking industry is sort of a a harbinger for for the industry at large, you know, where, you know, commerce is going from point A to point B. So those are particular things to to take notice when when you're especially looking at the the U.S. economy, you know, and uh, and another thing, um, you know, there were there was you know some some drops, in, uh, you know, to take notice of, but the one particular one, the one particular uh, drop that that I kind of took notice notice of was Anheuser Busch from um, you know seventy one, I believe, to fifty. I mean, it's, I mean seventy one from fifty. So it just kind of with the the the, the politics that was going that that's been going on with that and and what you're reading in the headlines, uh, you know, who, who's who's to say if if that particular um, those particular production costs and those unit costs have an effect on what's been transpiring transpiring in the news and, and in politics in, in this last year. So those are those are the things that 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 kind of jumped out at me, you know, looking at this list. Yeah, I think some of the areas you highlighted, uh, Michael, do illustrate that. Uh, private carriers really do, uh, and, and trucking in general, of course, really do touch you know just about every industry out there. Anything you know with physical goods, uh, and even some you know beyond. I mean, there's it touches on on really everything. And you look through our our private 100 uh, list, and you really do see a little bit of everything. Uh, a lot of food service, a lot of beverage, as I mentioned earlier. But yeah, I mean, there's there's manufacturing, there's um, there's some oil field companies, energy sector. Uh, there's there's uh, you know construction materials, building materials uh, as an area where you know a lot of those large companies do own and operate their their own in-house private fleets, uh, their own trucking divisions. Uh, so that, it's interesting to see that, and you know, all those industries have their own uh, challenges, their own trajectories. So uh, sometimes. You know, these private fleet operators are dealing not just with the macroeconomic situation, but also what happens to be going on in the specific industry that they serve. So it could be a different story. I mean, you go down the list and each company is dealing with, you know, different types of, of market changes and different types of conditions. Um, and, you know, sometimes that reflects directly on the private fleet and sometimes it doesn't. You know, ultimately, the, the private fleet uh, exists you know, to to serve the, the the supply chain of the parent company, and you know sometimes it's the freight market conditions you know, maybe more than 
uh, either the macroeconomic or business business conditions in the core industry that they serve, you know, that, that really drives what's happening with a private fleet operation. Uh, and that is interesting, of course, because uh, the freight market has been softer the past year uh, plus now. Uh, so it's you know, basically if you're a shipper, you can uh, look to the market and find uh, for higher truck capacity, you know, readily available and generally available at, at lower rates, um, certainly than a year or two ago. Uh, and and uh, maybe that means that you're less reliant on your in-house private fleet right now. And I'll dig into that a little bit more. Uh, I think there's an interesting uh, topic to explore there, but uh, before I meander too much down that ta- tangent, I want to bring back in Mike to uh, kind of ask you the same question. You know, as you review this this top 100 list, you know, again, you spent more time working on this than uh, than anyone. Uh, what companies or ranking changes stand out the most to you? Well, the biggest change to the top 10, as as you mentioned, Seth, was Amazon uh, jumping up 10 spots uh, to number nine on this year's list. They more than double the size of uh, the company's tractor fleet. And, and that's really, that really goes to show the strength of the, uh, the e-commerce industry and sort of how Amazon is obviously the leader of the pack, you know, with e-commerce and, uh, online retailing and the demand, uh, the, the demand that we're seeing there is, you know, just huge and it's continuing to grow, uh, over time. And the, the jump in fleet size goes to show that, uh, Amazon is making sure that they're able to move more of their own freight, which is going to continue to help them over time as that demand continues to grow and that whole industry continues to expand. And as Michael said, with the grocers that uh, were jumping up the list in multiple places, uh, what I noticed was a lot of uh, wholesalers and retailers in general. Uh, they, they really stood out to me. Companies like Walmart and Costco Wholesale, and Ace Hardware, also major expansions in their uh, tractor fleets. And so that sort of trend in that industry, that's something that really jumped out to me as something uh, something of note. Yeah, for sure. And you know, actually I'll circle back to your uh, um, you know, comments on, on Amazon. Uh, I know there's always a lot of, uh, you know, there's great interest in, in anything that Amazon is doing uh, in the transportation and logistics space you know, among our, uh, you know, for our audience at Transport Topics. Uh, but from what I've seen, you know, we don't have perfect visibility, of course. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at numbers that are available uh, through you know, FMCSA's, you know, online uh, you know, database. But uh, re- from what I've seen and what, what I understand, the, the tractors are generally, these are day cabs, you know, being used, you know, for local, regional um, operations, you know, likely moving uh, freight, you know, from one, you know, a logistics center to another. Uh, I do see, um, you know, the prime uh, branded uh, day cabs once in a while uh, where I live in the greater uh, Washington, D.C. area, Northern Virginia, uh, out on the road. Uh, so those are starting to, to show up a little bit. Um, and I think we'll be seeing that'll be a more common sight on the highways uh, moving forward. But it doesn't change the, you know, again, the overall dynamic where uh, certainly longer haul, um, Amazon is very dependent on, uh, trucking companies for higher trucking companies. Uh, it's not like they're going to bring all of that freight, uh, in house, um, certainly not anytime soon. Uh, if they did, they would be, uh, probably <laughs> possibly number one on our, on our list of private carriers if they tried to do all that themselves. 
but you know there is clearly a, a move to handling some of the, some more of their uh, transportation and logistics needs uh, in house, um, you know where they see fit. Uh, but I, that is certainly a company to watch uh, moving forward. And I will uh, remind our listeners that you can review the the top 100 in sector lists online now at ttnews.com. And uh, as I mentioned before, you can get access to the complete version of the top 100 private carriers report by subscribing to Transport Topics uh, if you're not a subscriber already. Uh, Next, I'd like to go ahead and and talk a little bit more about uh, business conditions for private carriers. And I got into this a little bit earlier, but you know, it's clear, of course, that the broader freight market has softened. Uh, freight capacity has loosened a lot. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we were in a very tight capacity situation and shippers were really just struggling to find a truck. Uh, now that's not really the case anymore. Uh, and, and there's a sense that, you know, of course, capacity is abundant, maybe overabundant in the, in the uh, trucking industry. Uh, you know, that being said, you know, even though that, you know, the, maybe that in some ways, you know, devalues or diminishes the value of owning a private fleet. Companies that run their own private trucking divisions aren't in the transportation space just for, you know, guaranteed capacity. You know, there's, there's more to it than that. It's, it's also to help provide a higher level of service for their customers, you know, their end customers. And they just want to have more control over their supply chains. They can kind of control their own destiny more when you have, you know, your own equipment, your own fleet operation. Uh, you know, it, it's a, and oftentimes it's a balance, you know, especially for the larger companies that are on this list. You know, it's, it's not uncommon to handle a certain percentage of your freight in-house with your own trucking division and uh, to go to the market and, and find four higher carriers for uh, the balance. And that can be more flexible uh, depending on the ebbs and flows of your business. You know, if you need to, to ramp up uh, your, your uh, capacity and your capabilities, you hire more four higher carriers. And if that's if it's a slower time, you can dial that back. It's a lot easier to dial back, um, you know, outside company uh, business than it is in-house. Uh, but you know, all that all that aside, when you look at our top 100 list and, and compare the uh, the tractor counts to a year ago, uh, a majority of the top 100 companies actually expanded their fleet size during the past year. You know, even under these conditions. Uh, so, uh, of course, there are many examples uh, of companies that maintained their current fleet size or contracted or shed tractors. Uh, but that being said, it was still the case that at least among this set of very large private carriers, more expanded than contracted. Uh, so, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on you know, private carriers' ability to grow, even when the freight market is soft. You know, any thoughts to add on, on, on that? Yeah. So, one thing that I definitely took away from the list is that uh, for these for these companies on the top 100, growth doesn't have to be and oftentimes isn't tied to the strength of the freight market. I mean, uh, as you said, a majority of the carriers on this list grew their tractor fleets, and more, that's more than half of them uh, have more tractors now than they did last year. And that growth uh, tends to be a good indicator for uh, the demand that they're seeing for their freight. And, and you can take... Clean Harbors, for example, uh, number 14 on our list up from number 32 last year. Uh, Not only did they bolster their fleet over the past year, but they saw a huge increase in their revenue, $1.5 billion. And and you can see that in a couple instances on this list of companies seeing revenue increases in tandem with uh, growing and expanding their own fleets. 
And so that goes to show that as companies expand their services and start to reach more people, they're able to expand their fleet and increase their freight capacity. And the opposite is true as well, as a well-maintained fleet really, you know, helps prepare them for the kind of market fluctuations that we've been seeing recently. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I also um, am curious and I would wonder, you know, if the story that we see for the top 100 uh, is the same, you know, for say, you know, small and medium sized private carriers, you know, I suspect that it would be more of a mixed picture and, and maybe even, you know, more uh, uh, of, of a pullback in, in terms of uh, fleet size uh, for smaller private carriers, you know, that's speculation on my part. Uh, but, you know, generally based on uh, some of the mergers and acquisitions we've seen uh, has been the case that, you know, the bigger tend to keep getting bigger. Um, and, and maybe that's what we're uh, capturing uh, to some extent on our on our top 100. But uh, clearly among, among these large private carriers, you know, many of them just kept right on expanding. Uh, and some of them expanded quite dramatically, uh, even during the time that it was is down for trucking uh, in general. Uh, Michael, uh, anything you'd like to add on you know the current operating conditions for private fleets out there, and and how that maybe plays into you know their decisions to either add tractors or maintain the size of their their fleet, or or maybe even downsize. For sure, um, one of the things you're just saying that you know the bigger it gets, bigger in the sense of you know let's take for instance Costco, you know number forty six right now. Um, I mean this year, uh, and then um, a jump from sixty nine of last year, you know, and you, as you were alluding to Seth with, you know, owning your own, owning your own supply chain, that's, that's one thing. And then having the, the, the partnerships that, that, that will allow you to utilize that supply chain to uh, best efficiently deliver those products to the, those particular warehouses. And I think that's where Costco is probably seeing that jump where, you know, it's kind of a hybrid of things, you know, sort of, you know, you, you have that supply chain, but you also have partners as well as well to, to help you out in that sense. And for the, the national, for those, those national brands, that's, that's very essential. And I, and that's where the, you know, the, the savings and, and, and the growth comes in as well. And it, you, you look at that national player. And as you were saying, the, the, the big guys get bigger, but also too, you know, the regional players are, are, are getting bigger as well, especially when they utilize their, their supply chain more effectively. And, and that example is in the uh, California's, um, eco, eco all the parts. Uh, they, they were 62 this year. They are 62 this year from 77 last year, and they are a regional all all the parts uh, distribution. Uh, so they, uh, you know, they are able to deliver their um, auto parts to particular garages, you know, throughout California and, and the and the West Coast and the and the Western states. And you know, there there are quite min, uh, there are quite a bit of companies right now, especially regional companies that, that are utilizing their, their space. I mean, it's about growth, but it's also about having growth where it makes sense. If, you, if you're able to grow, that's one thing. But if you're able to um, utilize uh, more, not utilize, but grow more revenue w- within that growth, th- that would be helpful. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of getting in where you fit in when, when it comes to uh, these particular private fleets. So, you know, you definitely want to, you know, have that growth where it makes sense for, you know, for um, the equal parts perspective, because, um, you know, they, they have such a region within uh, that they work with, you know, you, you want to have that efficiency there. So um, it's, it's definitely, you know, nice to be a, a big fish in, in a small pond when, when you're a regional business. 
Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Road Signs podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Road Signs extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, we're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. Hey, Road Signs listeners, it's your man, Mike Freeze, here to tell you that the call-in lines are open. What does that mean, you may ask? Isn't this a podcast, not a radio show? You're correct. But we found a new way that you can call in and leave myself or my co-host, Seth Clevenger, a message. Leave us a message on new topics you'd like to hear more about or ask questions you may have about the trucking industry. Give us a ring at ttn.ws forward slash speak pipe. You know, I, I did briefly touch on, um, you know, M&A activity, and, and that's always a topic, you know, that comes up, uh, whether it's, you know, this list of uh, private carriers or any of our other uh, top 100 or top 50 lists that we compile uh, during the course of the year. Uh, one of the biggest sources of changes in the list would be companies either merging, you know, acquiring one of their uh, competitors, uh, as well as spinoffs. Uh, and that's uh, certainly the case here. Uh, with our uh, updated top 100 private carriers list yet again, uh, as we review the list. Now, of course, the the big merger that we're watching and still watching uh, is in the grocery sector, uh, and that's uh, Kroger's uh, proposed acquisition of Albertsons companies. And these are two very large um, supermarket chains and, and grocery companies. Uh, that was originally announced back in October of last year. Uh, but it's still pending approval by antitrust regulators. You know, there's been some uh, concerns voiced and some opposition that has uh, surfaced. Uh, the you know, company management is still targeting early uh, 2024 uh, for that to potentially close. And if that deal does ultimately succeed, you know, this would be combining uh, not just two very large grocery uh, companies and grocery chains, it would also unite the number 38 and number 40 ranked private fleet operators on our list. Uh, so that would really make a, a giant, uh, not just in uh, you know, the grocery sector, but also in the private fleet sector. Um, you know, another example I want to, to bring up is Darling Ingredients. You know, they're a uh, Texas-based company that converts edible byproducts and food waste. You know, sometimes it's like food oil. Uh, and waste into products you know, like renewable fuels, fertilizer, animal feed. Uh, so a very specialized business, uh, but they're up to number 30 on our list this year, um, up from number 47. And uh, that's powered in part by their acquisition of Valley Proteins as a company that has appeared on our top 100 list in the past um, out of Virginia, with a similar uh, type of uh, operation. Uh, but another interesting example of some of these very specialized companies with their own large uh, private fleet operations. Uh, another new name I'll highlight um, 
uh, on the top 100 is Knife River Corporation. Uh, so that's a, a new name, uh, but it's a, a spinoff. Uh, this is a, uh, a company that became independent uh, in June after its spinoff from MD Resources, uh, which was number 67 on last year's list. And this is a business that provides construction materials like concrete and asphalt for industrial projects. So very much in the kind of construction and, and building materials uh, operations. Uh, so those are the ones I really wanted to highlight here uh, in terms of M&A activity. But uh, Mike, what types of uh, M&A, uh, examples of M&A stand out to you when you take a look at, at the top 100? Yeah. So as you mentioned, the largest acquisition uh, near the top of the list was Darrow Ingredients, their acquisition of Valley Proteins last year. And Valley Proteins have been a mainstay on our top 100 list for a few years now. Um, Last year, Valley Proteins landed just outside the top 10 as well on our agriculture and food processing sector ranking. So they were, Valley Proteins is certainly a major player in that food processing industry. And this deal really is what propelled Darling Ingredients up the top 100 list. It added more than 400 tractors to the fleet of Darling Ingredients. And that bolstered uh, tractor fleet really strengthens Darling as one of the strongest food processing companies in that industry. Yeah, Michael, any other uh, you know, additional thoughts on how um, we see this M&A activity changing the, the private fleet landscape? Well, I, I think you alluded to it earlier with, with Kroger's uh, you know, um, you know, upcoming impending <laughs> acquisition of Albertsons. Um, it, it's just one of those things that, that I was talking about earlier with the, uh, you know, just to how the, you know, the household uh, expenses and how these, how the grocer is the grocer industry is is adapting to that, and there's definitely a space to watch when it when it comes to that. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Yeah, I mean it's a very interesting space, and um, you know yet again, at least for this year, we have separate rankings and separate entries for Kroger and Albertsons. You know we don't uh, combine the uh, you know the ranking until you know a proposed acquisition is is completed. Uh, and uh, goes through. So uh, another year where uh, these companies remain separate. Uh, if, if the deal does succeed and it goes through, uh, next year's top 100 may have a combined entry that will be probably moving right up the list when you combine those two. Uh, so that's something to, to watch moving forward. Uh, so uh, I also like to, to highlight some of the new names, you know, that uh, qualify for the top 100 um, and you know, after not having been ranked uh, that highly last you know, previous year. Uh, so one new name uh, is number 73 on our list. That's Mastech Inc. Uh, that's a infrastructure engineering construction firm um, out of Florida. So this is a company that builds pipelines and oil field equipment, uh, electricity towers, wind farms. Uh, those types of uh, utility structures. So pretty specialized company uh, that handles a lot of its uh, transportation needs in-house. So they have a large fleet operation, a lot of tractors, uh, good enough to, to land the number 73 on our list. Uh, another new one is Nine Energy Service at number 96. And that's a publicly traded oil field services company uh, out of Houston. Um, really, they're operating in you know, really across North America, major oil and gas producing regions. Uh, but uh, they're one of several large uh, oil field services companies on our list. Uh, another newcomer uh, is McKee Foods Corporation at number 97. You know, if you don't know or recognize uh, McKee, uh, the company, 
Um, they're, you'll certainly recognize some of their brands. They're best known for little, uh, the Little Debbie Snack Cakes brand. Uh, they have products under uh, Sunbelt Bakery, Drake's, uh, Fieldstone Bakery. So, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you'll probably see a lot of those on the shelves, uh, convenience stores and whatnot. And then uh, another a new company that just cracked the list at number 100 is Lapari Foods. So they're a specialty food distributor based out of Michigan, and they have a, a list of uh, different types of products that they deliver. Um, so these are bakery items, deli, you know, dairy products, uh, confections, meat, seafood. They have international foods, and they deliver to um, grocery and convenience stores in, in 32 states. So uh, yet another uh, food distributor, um, in this case, a, a specialized company uh, that is now on our top 100 private carriers. Uh, you know, Mike, you know, what's your take on the newcomers uh, to the top 100 this year? Anything you know, really stand out to you? Uh, the newcomer that stood out to me the most was Maztec, uh, debuting at number 73 on our list. Uh, Maztec saw a lot of growth thanks to the variety and the services that it offers, handling infrastructure construction needs across multiple industries for utility customers. And Maztec continued that strategic growth by, in October of last year, they acquired a large renewable energy infrastructure solutions provider IEA Inc. And that helped to further the diversification of Mastec services. And it really helped them to grow in a number of markets within the utility engineering space. Uh, obviously, it spurred growth in the renewable energy uh, services industry, but also they acquired a lot of IEA's assets in heavy civil services, rail and transit construction, and other kind of transportation infrastructure areas. So that continued uh, building a variety of their services really is what uh, makes them such a big company on this list. Yeah, and Michael, um, additional thoughts on some of these new names that you see on on this year's list? Yeah, just a, a few things to what Mike was saying about Mass Tech. You know, just kind of the combination of things with Mass Tech and Nine Energy Service. You know, you, we we always talk about infrastructure when, when it comes to electric vehicles. Uh, on, on this show and and you know there's there's plenty of uh infrastructure to go around I mean, especially when it, when it comes to um electric towers and and wind uh, wind farms and and just um uh, just the, the energy and the alternative energy that that um this country is getting in, introduced to in establishing in that via infrastructure and you know those particular companies are or or enjoying success from that particular demand, you know, especially when, when it comes to oil and gas and and building infrastructure. And another thing too, as I was alluding to, with just kind of the the, the regional players, you know, the key food corp, you know, they're delivering, you know, um, you know, uh, snacks and, and other bakeries throughout the Sun Belt. So I mean, that's that's another regional player that that is doing well, and and especially too with um with the, our, our, our last, Lapari Foods, you know, just, uh, you know, being, being a distributor and, and, and also, you know, a, a regional player, you know, handling food um, to the, the points of purchase, you know, th- uh, you know, I guess the uh, Lapari is, is, is more, I would, I would say regional in 32 States, um, you know, that I, I, I you say semi-national, but, but yes, but, but delivering foods to the point of purchase, especially in, in key food corps uh, case and, and also in Lapari uh, foods case as well. You know, it's just those particular regional players get, getting bigger and being that big fish in, in that small area. So, I mean, those those are the things that stand out, especially when it comes to the newcomers. And it's just that particular growth and, and being on this list is, a, is an achievement as well. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and again, just, uh, you know, no, I guess the food service industry, the food service sector is no, no stranger to the, to the top 100 private carriers list. And it seems like, uh, you know, even more, um, are, are making their way onto the list. And, you know, one final point on, you know, companies like Mastech that are, uh, you know, building some of these, uh, major feats of engineering, like pipelines and, uh, electric towers and wind farms, you know, sometimes that involves some really specialized transportation. Um, you know, I'm aware, you know, I know, a uh, you know, Oregon based, uh, for hire carrier, uh, combined transport that, uh, does some of this and, and, you know, some of the work they do is moving like these massive blades of, um, you know, that, that are used in, in wind farms. Uh, you don't realize just how big those are sometimes when you go by, but that is just a massive, massive uh, piece of equipment. And, you know, moving those on the highway is really specialized, you know, like real specialized equipment, you know, special permits and all kinds of stuff. You know, this is not just, you know, you know, drop it on a you know regular flatbed and, and get it there. This is really, this is, this can involve some really specialized uh, uh, transportation Um you know, that's, that's quite interesting to, to look at. Uh, before I wrap up the conversation here, I want to just briefly touch on the sector rankings. You know, this is where we're listing the, the private, you know, the largest private fleets in various industries, you know, whether it's food service or energy or construction or manufacturing, retail. Uh, Mike, you know, when you look at the, you know, the, the pages of the sector lists uh, in our publication, uh, which industry do you find most interesting this year and, and what stood out about it? So I touched on it briefly earlier, but the growth in the private fleets across the wholesale and retail industry is really what jumped out the most to me. Uh, across that sector ranking, 18 of the 33 wholesalers and retailers that appear on our list this year expanded their tractor fleets in the past year. And when you put all of them together, the companies on that list they added nearly 5,000 tractors when comparing it to last year. And that's a 23% increase across that industry. And, you know, obviously our job is to sort of speculate on why this could be and the kind of trends that are going on here. And I would say that this likely goes hand in hand with the largely strong consumer spending that we've been seeing uh, recently in the face of high inflation. Uh, as we know, this is all subject to change and the strong job market has gone a long way in boosting sales for many of these businesses. And so I think the expansions of their fleets is just another way that we can see that kind of growth that's been spurred on by that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I know that, you know, many companies, you know, not even, you know, even beyond the retail space, but uh, certainly three PLs and, you know, lots of four hire trucking companies, are always very interested in consumer spending as, as a key metric, you know, how that will affect, you know, freight demand, you know, from the, the shippers that they work with. Uh, but uh, to your point, uh, consumer demand has held up, uh, you know, you know, quite well, you know, we consider, you know, the inflationary uh, pressures that you might expect to, to get, you know, cause people to be a little bit tighter with their, uh, their spending, but uh, you know, employment being, uh, unemployment being quite low, um, you know, people are still, they're still spending and that's still driving freight, um, you know, as we speak, uh, Michael, I'll ask you the same question, uh, and before we wrap it up here, uh, you know, which, you know, industry sector list, which, you know, particular industry 
uh, stands out the most to you as you go over the sector lists? You know, grocery is, is a list that kind of pops out to me. I mean, not so much because of the, the impending Kroger and Albertsons um, uh, merger, but it's just the, the, the list in that, that top, you know, uh, top 15 or so that, that, that I've seen. And it's kind of like the, the eye test, especially when you get in the political contest, if you're running, you know, if you're riding down the street and you've seen all the political yard signs during election season, you're kind of thinking, oh, that person, that person's definitely going to win. Cause I've seen more, you know, yard signs in, in that yard than, than others. <laughs> it's sort of like the eye test for me when it comes to grocery stores, just kind of traveling around the country, you know, like, like for instance, uh, uh, number eleven on that groceries list, uh, Myers. You know, I've seen uh, uh, Myers open up in you know various uh, you know, places, especially in the Midwest. Um, I, I've seen that growing a bit, and I, I'm kind of just curious for the 2024 list when we do this next year, how, if they moved up the list or not. I mean, they're currently at 252 tractors right now. You know, but you know, United, you know, National. I mean, United Natural Foods is at you know over two thousand. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just kind of curious to see that that particular growth. It's just you know these regional players, you know, are are getting bigger, you know, despite the the softness in this freight market. But um, you know, and, and that was you know the the, the one sector that I've seen uh, many you know, private fleets are, are growing in. So I'm really curious to see how you know like the Myers and the High Vs, even the Wegmans of the world, are are going to move up that particular list. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, interesting to see there's still these very interesting, uh, you know, kind of regional uh, players in, you know, the grocery uh, industry. And, you know, people can get very attached to those, you know, depending on where they live and you know, where they grew up. And, you know, I'm, I'm also from Ohio. So, yeah, I mean, our go to was always Myers um, growing up in, in Northwest Ohio. Um, you know, you go down to Florida and you see Publix everywhere. Um, you know, HEB, you know, being really big in, uh, in Texas. And then, uh, I was very happy, you know, here in the DC area when, uh, when Wegmans, uh, opened a new location nearby, uh, just, uh, just down the road, uh, kind of a Northeastern, uh, chain. Uh, but, you know, still a lot of kind of regional specialty and, you know, kind of adds a little bit of, uh, uh, regional flavor to, to where we live and, you know, which part of the country, you know, we, we happen to reside in. Uh, and, uh, you know, these are all companies that you know, typically appear somewhere, um, on our, uh, grocery sector list. Uh, most of them do have, uh, to some extent, uh, their own private fleet operation. Uh, so just a final note here, I, I'd like to, to thank you both for, you know, helping to take our listeners through the inside the making of this year's top 100 list. You know, this certainly is one of our biggest annual projects at Transport Topics. So, it always feels great to, to see the final list come together, to you know, put it out there and, and hear the reactions. And you know, hopefully this is a, a really good, valuable resource for the industry, you know, not just for the fleets to see where they stack up against one, one, one another, but also for really the whole industry to, to see who the big players are and you know, who they might be working with or could work with in the future. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed this in-depth look at the Transport Topics 2023 Top 100 Private Carriers list. And as a final reminder here, you can you can view the Entire top 100 and sector lists online at ttnews.com. 
And of course, if you are a TT subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the August 28th issue of TT. Uh, later this year, we'll present the final episode of our Inside the List series on road signs uh, after we produce our top 50 global carriers list in November. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.